You are Superman. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Superman. And I'm Sam. Super Sam? No, just Sam. I'm Sean, sorry. Sorry. And Sean, we know it's you, don't worry. No one would mistake (laughs) that voice. Okay, I mean, just just (laughs) laugh, that's fine. Also acknowledging that it's you. We're talking about Superman today, guys. You know, uh, he had comics in 1938, and then he just kind of vanished. Really? Yeah, he hasn't really been seen, right? Like, since 1938. Like, even now? No, of course not. (laughs) Superman's always around. He's always been around. He's He's probably the most sleeping. He's probably the most popular superhero uh, of all time, maybe Batman is slowly creeping up on him, but I think Superman is like world renowned and everything. Uh, here, I have many problems with Superman, and I'm not gonna really get into all of them in this episode. He's got the Mary Sue syndrome. I just, yeah, I really don't enjoy Superman, and the only Superman comic that I've ever enjoyed has been uh, All Star Superman, which I'm sure like a lot of people be like, well, of course, yeah, of course, right, but like him actually fighting is not something i look forward to him being like the symbol of american justice is nice and all but it's not something that i read comics for i'm much more of a batman guy and a lot more of a spider-man guy so that's where i come into this whole thing but i'm not going to judge this superman game on the fact that i don't like superman i want to hear what uh sean and sam what you guys think of superman so sean you go first yeah i've I've always sort of seen Superman as just like the generic superhero. Uh, I mean, I I guess he's the first, so I guess that defines generic, but he doesn't seem to have all that much of an interesting personality. He basically just has all of the powers. Um, So I never found him all that interesting. I really liked, I I also liked Batman more because it seemed a little bit more grounded. and Spider-Man more just because it was more fun. It just seems like every other superhero is better at something. But in reality, better at nothing because Superman will always be yeah, yeah, better sorry. than them. Sorry, you know? storytelling-wise. Like, it, no, it's, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane, actually, though, that that's like a thing. Like, yeah. whatever superpowers, say, Aquaman has, I guess technically Superman has them all as well. And I know somebody's going to tell me that's not true, but I'm just trying to make the point of like, you know, if he is every superhero, then he's really no superhero. Whoa. Wow. Anyway, Sam? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the coolest thing about Superman is his origin story. You know, your planet is going away, and so you get sent off to random planet inhabited by humans, which is maybe a mistake, but, you know, I think that's pretty cool. I think it sucks that, like, a rock is his weakness. That's kind of lame. Um, and growing up, I was a big Flash kid. I thought Flash was always really cool. Because he could do, like, you know, he could run really fast, which I appreciated because I could also run really fast. Not that fast, but, <laughs> you know, when you're a little kid and you want to run, you're like, oh, I'm like the Flash. You can't just, like, fly like Superman or, I don't know. I liked the Flash as a kid. So, 
Uh, I also think it's cool that he could, like, vibrate his atoms and pass through walls. Like, that was a thing he could do. They figured out how to do. There's lots of, like, time travel stuff with the Flash. That I think that when you're a character like Superman and you're just kind of good at everything, it makes for, like, more boring stories. Because just it's like kind of Dragon Ball Z syndrome where you just kind of have to have, like, bigger and bigger and escalating and escalating kind of situations to make it interesting. Yeah. Um, and yet his greatest villain is a bald man. Yeah, who throws rocks at him. With no powers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's also take a minute to talk about video game superhero stuff. Like, you know, nowadays we have uh, Insomniac Spider-Man and the Arkham series and even, like, fighting games like Marvel vs. Capcom or Injustice. Like, video game superheroes are big now and they are going to be, like, big but not good in the future but this is our first superhero game on the nes and i just don't really um i don't know what the expectation was for me going into this i kind of i guess expected just a beat em up where you're just superman and you fly around and you punch other super powered things and take on like you know a classic superman villain uh maybe like bizarro or you know uh, uh i i don't know who else is around anyway that's not the point dark side <laughs> yeah that that's one other one there you go i'm showing my superman cred you know i think other than like infamous right like that's an example of another game i think of where it's like oh that's a superhero that was created just for video games most superhero video games now are just like based off of either marvel or dc stuff and that's just what you get where Where is the landscape for video game superheroes in general for you on the NES and in, you know, in today's times? I, I mean, from what I remember of like when I first started playing video games in the Super NES era, uh, superhero video games was it was just going to be a beat em up. It was going to be a side scrolling game where you punch and maybe there'd be some kind of power that was emblematic of the hero in question but the predominant mode of playing the game would have just been walking to the right and jumping and punching um right like now yeah like after uh like after the uh spider-man game on the xbox and ps2 which sort of uh introduced us to like a new way of uh, exploring a superhero game and then with like Arkham uh, Asylum which sort of perfected uh the like the style of fighting and interaction with the world that would go on to dominate the genre um now they're a lot more fun they're just as formulaic in some senses but uh they they don't share as much design philosophy uh with other games than they did before like they they have sort of coalesced into like this this uh list of design rules that are superhero games and like if you don't if you aren't a superhero you usually have a different way of playing the game i don't know if that if that makes sense to you guys the way i'm describing it but no, i um, think so i mean you look at insomniac spider-man and it definitely seems like you know great game stands on its own but they they learned Asylum. a lot from arkham yeah, yeah. they learned a lot um but yeah, I mean, th there's definitely been a, a lot of evolution between this game and the current uh, the current state of affairs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it stood the test of time. Superhero games still happen. 
Yeah. Uh, Sam, anything to add? Uh, just that when I think of superhero games, I think of one, the first superhero game that I played, which was Spider-Man on N64, which as I rem- I only rented it. But as I remember, it was a really fun time and they still the movement was still fun. I think Spider-Man games are always just going to be fun just because moving as Spider-Man is cool. And I was also thinking about that uh, X-Men arcade game that you can play with a bunch of people that is just a classic beat em up. And I guess that's kind of more what we were sort of expecting with this one. Not with all the people, obviously, but a single player kind of thing like that. Yeah, I think that X-Men game is spot on to like how I imagine my 2D mm-hmm. uh video, my 2D superhero games to go. You yeah. know, it's either you do that or you make it a versus game yeah. where you fight off that against like, a bunch of different intermediate things. period where basically the only way you'd play a good superhero game was whether it was like Marvel versus Capcom or something. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that has a whole line of its own, you know, cuz yeah. first that was an X-Men game, then it became a Marvel superheroes game and then became marvel versus capcom so like that has its own story we're gonna focus on superman here as i mentioned you are superman uh that is how i started the uh back of the box and that is true you play as superman and you're on a quest to save the city of metropolis which may or may not be manhattan all of a sudden (laughs) um and you have to save it from the evil lex luther and a gang of criminals that were exiled from the planet krypton uh as sam mentioned that's where superman was born and he was shipped off here, similar, no different than, like, how Goku was originally from um, Planet Vegeta. Is that, is that really where it's from? The, yes. The name of the planet is his arch nemesis? That's funny. Anyway, there's an overhead map of various locations in the city that the player can travel to with animated scenes, but gameplay occurs on a traditional side-scrolling adventure way where you are switching between being Clark Kent and Superman, and you're kind of just, like... You know, as Clark Kent, you're doing your reporting jib. You're just trying to get, like, uh, the daily beat and figure out what's going on in each mission. You talk to some people. You get some answers. Uh, usually, they're pretty straightforward. And sometimes, you just get some slice-of-life stuff, too. But <laughs> You are ultimate- lying through your teeth. <laughs> like, this is the most disingenuous description of a video game we've had on this show. <laughs> it happens. It all happens, Sean. It just doesn't happen well, okay? But... <laughs> It's going to happen. You are going to start this game as Clark Kent. Yes. You are going to talk to your uh, your pal, um, Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy. and he's going to take a picture of you that you don't get to see. <laughs> it, just, it just says click and then like fades out. Uh, you will talk to Lois Lane, and she will tell you that something funny is going on at Metropolis Park. So you are kind of like collecting clues, just not in a way that's very different from, say, the way that we were collecting clues in Castlevania 2. Yeah. Um, but the way that you initially described this of just like, there are two modes of gameplay. Uh, well, as you're Clark Kent, you're going to be more exploratory. And uh, it's not the way it is. It, it's like, yes, you will talk to NPCs and get information out of them. But uh, basically, you're Clark Kent and you punch weak. Uh, or you're Superman and you punch less weak that's how i describe it and you have superpowers and you're like two feet tall yes everyone's two feet tall there's just something weird about no not everyone i'll get to that in a minute but (laughs) almost everyone but there's just something wrong right like there's no way 
that it was like a sprite limitation. This was an artist interpretation of what Superman should look like on an NES game. And it's all wrong, guys. It's like a it's Cabbage all Patch wrong. Kid. <laughs> Big head, little body. Honestly, like, I think there are, you know, it's like a Funko Pop Superman is yes, what you're playing. Yes, exactly. As. It's a Funko Pop. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's weird because I, I feel like if, like, I can see the game, like, with relatively anatomically correct players, like, uh, characters. I can, I can see it when I look at this game. Uh that it should have been that way and it may have been a bit more acceptable. Um, but, and, but like you can get around it after playing it for a couple minutes, I guess. Why make everybody so small? If everything else is going to be gigantic, right? You got 20 foot ceilings. You got, you know, filled with nothing, by the way, they're just the wall being really long. Yeah. And then the desk and then the phone on top of the desk, which the is phone. the same size as the desk. So it's People like, the what is the scale of things in this place if Superman's head is as tall as the desk? Now, I get it. It's really not that big of a deal. They chose to do it this way, and that's just the way things are. But they tease you right on the main menu with a really good-looking Superman that you expect to play as. I, I did expect that, because I, I didn't look at anything. I didn't even read the manual for this game before I started playing it. I then went and read the manual. But um that 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 really made me feel like cheated because I really did think that this was gonna be a somewhat competent game. Uh sorry, that kind of spoils me. No, it's fine, it's fine. Because look, they they design as I mentioned the twenty foot ceilings, right? With nothing going on between them. But Superman or Clark Kent, doesn't matter who you are, no matter what you are, you can jump that whole 20 feet. Like You just soar into the air and you're very floaty. And I think that that was just a lazy programming attempt to get around like certain obstacles and, and, you know, dodge enemies and stuff like that. Like they couldn't make it. So this way you just jump slightly over things. It had to be. Like, this all-or-nothing moon physics where you just, like, jump over everything. And they can jump the same height, too, so it does, it's not much better that way. But this is, this is an immediate introduction to the game. You know, you start in the Daily Planet. You automatically recognize your size. You recognize the world. You get a feel for how this game is going to play and the, the jankiness of it all, uh, to steal a word from Sam. But you don't get to experience the fighting right away. And I think that once you experience what it's like to fight in this game, that's the moment where you really know what you're playing. Yeah, so um, I'm going to come back to the jump in just a second because there's a lot to say about it. But it's really best spoken about in the context of fighting. Um, So you're going to leave the Daily Planets and... You're going to go out and start to fight some guys in suits and they shoot guns at you. Your only real move is to punch. Uh, Whether you're Clark Kent or you're Superman, you just got to punch. Yeah, you've got a bunch of superpowers that are in your back pocket, but they don't really work here. Um, So you either punch or you jump to dodge. And the, the thing about the jump isn't just like, it's not like a Mario jump where 
judging by how long you hold the button down and what directions you push, you can modulate its height. Like we like we have seen become a rule in side-scrolling games like this. Uh, no, you always jump the thirty feet that uh, that Mike said, and there's really no way to change that. Uh, you can try to attack in midair, and that sort of pauses you in uh, in your jump. Uh, that I guess you could use that to sort of uh, edit your movement like that that could be your way of, of of becoming more precise but in any case like you're trying to dodge bullets you're trying to dodge enemies that are punching you and if you even jump on them you're going to take damage you're going to get you're going to jump into bullets because you move at the same like speed as them uh it it really is just like a holistic a holistically bad design in it like in the way that you uh, that they have went into combat for this game. Think about what you just said there, Sean, that if you jump and you land on an enemy's head, you will take the damage. Yeah. In the NES universe, that makes Mario stronger than Superman because his primary method of attack is jumping on people's heads. That's true. I mean, And that, he's able to do yeah. that. That being said, Mario doesn't get to hit people from the side until I think the super NES. But I think that just because like that, that's still, I think that still puts Mario above Superman here. But the punching is weird in this game, right? Am I wrong in thinking that? No, it that feels super weird. It's, it's so really he, weird. It just like yeah. throws out a hitbox somewhere in front of you, like right in front of you, but you're not really sure where that starts. Cause you're the, the punching animation doesn't, you don't see it. Yeah, it's just like a thing in front of you that happens. And your guy moves his tiny little stubby arm a little bit. And then one. Yeah, one way that kind of made that was I was able to kind of perceive it was if you look at the size of your chibi Super Mario, your your chibi Superman, um, and you made his outline like a grid box. And then Mm -hmm. you sort of like mentally extrapolated that all around him. You can you kind of like if if an enemy walks into the next grid box next to you, the punch would hit. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. It's like if you're a square and your enemy's a square, you actually want to punch the square that could fit in the middle of both of you. Yes, and that's what. So you look like you're punching nothing. You look like you're punching thin air between you and your enemy, but that somehow connects and lands a hit. The thing that bugs me the most, I think, is that. In the comics, you see people shoot at Superman, and then the bullets just break on his chest, and nothing happens. You know, whereas this one, you get shot, and you're like, ow. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. That just that just bugged me about it. Well, I also don't remember any of Superman's superpowers having, like, a limit to them. You know? I understand that uh, for the gameplay, though. And I, I kind of understand the bullet thing for the gameplay, but, like, come on. It's Superman. You're supposed to be able to just plow through people. There is one thing that this game is trying to do, and that's the unexpected route. We talked about how we were expecting a beat 'em up, and they went with, uh, you know, an adventure game where you have to like figure out what to do based on talking to NPCs and stuff like that. I won't say it's a role playing game, but it it has you know it has some elements in there that I wouldn't have expected yeah. because we haven't seen them in in a lot of games on the NES yet. You know, you start off, it's like. Um, Chapter one, you got to find out what's going on in Metropolis Park. And 
you know, you talk to people, you, you have to get to Metropolis Park, whether you walk or you fly. I don't know why Superman wouldn't fly, but... Or take the th- subway. Yeah, well, that's we need, chapter two. We need a ticket. We need a ticket for that. <laughs> chapter two, Superman needs a ticket. He can't just fly over the turnstile. He can't also just fly. He needs to take the subway. And furthermore, this is what I was getting to, Sam. The subway interior has silhouettes of giant people sitting real size subway seats yeah like full-size people so it's almost like they were designing a subway based nes game right and at the same time they were developing the superman game and then the subway based game got scrapped and they were like oh well we can use these backgrounds for the (laughs) superman game you know like yeah they don't really work but we made them maybe it was like a different artists did different things for the game like the background I think that's what it has to be the background artist was not on the same page yeah as he the just wasn't artist. in the loop yeah <laughs> like oh it's superman he's gonna look like a like a guy and he's like no, right no, no. and he's gonna he fly looks... all the time so make the ceilings really big no no, no. Yeah. he looks like a little dumpling man you got it all wrong <laughs> so i want to talk about the the missions and openness of the game because uh i mentioned the simon's quest thing i think that this one has uh pretty faithful translations i don't think anyone misleads you or directly lies to you but uh there's also some civilians you can talk to and they just say really funny things so that's nice slice of life shit i don't Um, know what's happening yeah but the uh yeah (laughs) i think that is somebody says that right it's it's either i don't know what's happening or i don't know what's going on right and that's like that's a very relatable thing to say nowadays (laughs) i feel that (laughs) you know uh but but did you guys get this sense of exploration like the, talking with civilians and going on your mission like was that helpful or do you almost wish they just made this like level one and you're just in the park the entire level and then level two you're just at the next you know you're on the subway level three you go to zod's uh, sorry lex Luthor's place like did you wish it was like that instead i mean like if we're gonna talk about that like yeah if they executed properly i would have preferred this more exploratory frame of reference but if it's going to be done this way i would have just wanted them to do like i'm just going to walk to the right beat up dudes go to level two uh because i i didn't know what the hell i was doing uh for a while until i watched some video of other people playing this and like oh that's how i use these powers that's how i fly to the park i didn't even know if the park is where i was supposed to go but um I, it, it was it was just as obtuse in some ways as Castlevania 2. Maybe even that, more so. I don't know. The thing that got me was that when you use the fly power, you can look on the map at all the different places, but you can't select where you want to go, right? I mean... I was able to select. How, uh, how you, you can select, select, but they make it very hard, Sam. Uh, yeah. You have to have the... You have to have the superpower turned on for your flight. Yeah. And you have to go back into that menu. You have to yeah. pop the clutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to toggle through mm-hmm. the, I think, with the A button to choose which way you want to be. And then it, like, lights up that area. And then you hit the start button. And that cues not an awesome shmup-style flying thing where you fly and dodge yeah, things or even attack. controlling him, but no. Right. Instead, no, it's just like a, a cutscene of you flying. No, I, I flew, but I didn't... I felt like I wasn't able to control where I was flying to. Oh, no, you can't. I, it's just a cutscene. Right, but when you, that map shows up... You selected. Oh, when, you didn't When that select. map shows up, I feel like I couldn't select it. Maybe You have I to press the A doing... button to toggle through the different options. I guess I just wasn't not the, that, yeah. not the D-pad, yeah. 
But that, no, that stinks. And yeah. it's funny because you can get around the game without flying. Mm-hmm. Like you can walk to things. It just takes forever. Mm-hmm. However, some people recommend that because you'll miss some cool collectibles and power ups and stuff like that if you if you just fly from place to place. But I wasn't trying to hang out. I'm in not this trying to hundred percent this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I was definitely doing the flying route. The thing about just exploring in general is. Certain dialogue conversations are reliant on the chapter, right? So a lot of times to get the right amount of clues, you have to talk to everybody again. And you didn't want to talk to everybody the first time to begin with because it was kind of a hassle because you didn't know who was going to tell you something useful and who wasn't. So that, you know, that part becomes a hassle every single chapter. And then on top of that, as you travel through Metropolis, they put these little um, placards on the buildings that you're supposed to, like, make a note of, being like, oh, well, I don't need to go here now, but that's the name of this building, and if it comes up in chapter two or three, I'll know where it is, because I made a mental map in my head or on paper of where everything was. You are but a you reporter. Just, right, but you won't know that those that which buildings are ever important and which ones aren't just by, like, looking at them. You have to get to that part of the story. So the exploration part is more just, like, a checklist of things, you know? Yeah. Just uh, like, with, without the checklist, just brute force through every place that you've seen, uh, and do it again. Yeah. Now that said, the, some of the clues are, are very helpful and you'll be able to figure out what to go, where to go relatively fast. But again, if the objective here was to make exploration and openness, like a thing, right? Like you're actually exploring metropolis. That's not the right way to handle it. In my opinion, you don't like, you don't make it so easy to find out what your next thing is that you don't have to talk to everyone, but give the option to talk to everyone. But at the same time, also make sure that the player writes down every location and building they see so that if they have to go to them again, you know, it's like it's two ends of an extreme yeah. for a game that's already asking you to to do a lot combat and and uh, platforming wise. Yeah, and I also think that there was a really weird um just going into the design of these levels or sections, areas, uh, there wasn't a lot of information given as to, like, if you're in an important place. Because there's a lot of buildings you can go into, and they're going to be filled with mobs. Um, and then there'll be one where you like, oh, finally there's some verticality to it, and you go down to, like, these basements, and then you fight what is ostensibly a boss. Um, but I just happened upon that building. Like, yeah, I, same. I wasn't like, I, I, like, even when I walked in, I'm like, oh, this is an important place. So just like, oh, I can finally go down or up. Like, so I, I beat the first boss on accident, sort of. Uh, but th- there's, there's just so little visual communication. Like, yeah, you can talk to NPCs and kind of get a gist of where you're supposed to go. But the rest of the game is not in step with that. Otherwise, I would have known where I was, like, intuitively. Like, oh, this is, like, a dungeon. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe that this is the gameplay loop of a Superman game. Uh, a guy who, you know, essentially, like, takes care of Metropolis as his own, and he's just kind of, as you, wandering around like a stranger, just walking into <laughs> things and hoping that he finds the villains, you know? Uh, I, I can't believe that's what they went with. And it doesn't change really yeah. between levels, like uh, between chapters rather. Like it, it just, okay, here it is all over again. But this time find the boss in a different location. 
Like maybe this game is just like a character study that's trying to get you to see uh, to sort of humanize Superman that like, you know, even Superman doesn't really know what he's doing with his life, just like us. Even uh, Superman rides the subway. Yeah, and just sort of stares off into space, you know? It's so weird that he's riding the subway as Superman. Like, he doesn't <laughs> even change back into Clark Kent for it. But honestly, like, if you were on the subway and a guy looked like Superman, would you bat an eye? I would be like, all right. You know, I, I don't yeah, know the like culture of Metropolis. In it's Metropolis not, it's would be weird, but yeah, in Manhattan, it's fine. And we say it's Manhattan because... It's not the Statue of Liberty, it's the Statue of Freedom, and it's not the Statue of Liberty's face we're familiar with. Uh, it's like this Kawhi version yeah, it's like of... Kirby or something. <laughs> yeah, so that's all fine, but we know that it's the Statue of Liberty, and I believe in the Japanese version of the game, it's pretty much just Manhattan, like they never got the Metropolis <laughs> note, which <laughs> okay. is funny. Yeah. Uh, there's also, it's missing the Superman theme song, this game. You know, from the movie? Yeah, that one. Yep, that's the one. That's the one when Harrison Ford was Superman. For sure. Uh, All right, let's talk about the Superman superpowers. (laughs) Because we were... No, it's fine, it's fine. I actually think it's funny because I said it's missing the Superman theme song. Like, that's something that you could just go up to people on the street and be like, quick, hum me a few bars. Of the Superman theme song. That's like, you know, a lot of people, it's just a different era, but like a lot of people also think that about Batman 1989. Like that's a recognizable theme song. And it's like, it's. I a, can't think of it off the top of my head. It's a Tim Burton Orchestra Madness thing, you know? It's yeah. like, dun, 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 dun. It's like, that's. <laughs> that's the world. That's a theme? That's the world map music of Final Fantasy VII. I think it might be, actually. I yeah. think I might have been doing that instead. I mm-hmm. always default to the world map music of Final <laughs> Fantasy VII when I'm trying to hum music that I don't know. <laughs> we have to talk about Superman's superpowers because I promised it on the show. I mean, <laughs> half the thing about being Superman is having superpowers, right? Yeah. So he's he's got an energy bar that controls if you're Superman or Clark Kent. Uh, we talked about that in the beginning. You pretty much, as long as you don't get hit too often, you'll be Superman for most of the game. You do change in foam boots. I like that. I li- that's a neat little touch. They didn't have mm-hmm. to do that. They could have honestly just made uh, the character. Like I wouldn't have been, been surprised if they just actually just changed the character on the fly. No, no crossfade, no animation. Yeah. That's just what you Smash get. Smash cut. But instead, you have to change in foam boots, which is a nice touch. And also makes adds for some difficulty if you like transform back to Clark Kent because of your energy bar. You have to go find a foam booth. True. You know? Uh, there's X-ray vision, which makes certain enemies visible. Yeah. Uh, which is strange. Oh. But the manual explains that away. <laughs> they explain that by saying, Superman is now unable to see inside buildings as Lex <laughs> has lined all the buildings in Metropolis with lead. Even when he's inside the building? Yeah, they're just there's so much lead in the building that it's distracting his super sight powers, that so he needs dangerous. X-ray vision. Because I thought that I was... Okay, so when I was in one of those uh, those dungeons or what have you, um, I thought I was either getting a visual glitch that there were way too many sprites and it was giving me, like, the sprites disappearing thing. Uh or the game was just bugged because I did keep getting hit for no reason. I had no idea that that's what X-ray vision was for. That makes a lot more sense now. 
Yeah, and it's primarily used later on in the game. It's very important, uh, I think, for... It's it's honestly, it's either Lex or Zod's people who uh, who require the X-ray vision. So you'll need that. So there's X-ray vision. There's super flight, which you need to be able to fly. And to be honest, it's a terrible idea that that has like a meter to it. Like that you can only fly as far as your meter allows you to. So sometimes you can't fly that far because that's like one of Superman's big things. Otherwise you're taking the subway. Right. You know, it's just crazy though. It's like he doesn't. You know, like, when, it, when you think of Superman, you think of him like, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. You don't think, like, oh, it's his energy meter's down, so give him a break. Like, let him rest for a second. But he can still leap buildings in a single bound. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that part's still allowed. Uh, super spin. This lets you spin around incredibly fast and behave like a drill, creating a hole in the ground and letting uh, you explore underground spaces. Great. Glad it exists. Yeah, don't remember, remember that, that comic, specific. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure he could do it. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's like a big thing for him. I don't think that's one of his like signature superpowers. Probably gets dizzy, <laughs> so he doesn't do that one a lot. Yeah. Then we have the heat vision, which is his laser attack. Uh, I liked using this because then I didn't have to worry about the weird hitbox square between me and the other enemy. That does that does remove that. Yes. Thank you uh, for that, Sean. That was good input. I'm a good uh, inputter. Yeah. We have Super Breath 1 and Super Breath 2. Super Breath 2 lets you freeze zombies. Very important. Because there will be zombies in, in the game. Oh, those are the, those are the green-headed guys. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't really, like, parse those as zombies. I just thought that they were some kind of monster. I might be reading into it that they're oh, zombies. They, okay. might, they might be monsters, but I... I so you're, you're trying to pass off your conjecture as lore i think that one of the npcs in the game tells you that super breath 2 freezes zombies okay like just spells it out for you like that but i like how the npc character tells you super breath 2 <laughs> you know like like they know the technical yeah. name of superman's superpower as super breath 2 don't use super breath 1 superman it's super breath 2 and also why would the npc know that but not yeah, superman they're himself just, they're just being monday morning quarterbacks monday morning superheroes right now i hate that uh superman also has a another superpower listed in the manual thing but like it's it doesn't have a meter attached to it and i think it's just for show but it's that it's that jumping one, I think. I think he, he does just like to jump. Yeah, he likes to jump. Can we talk about the big bads in this game? Because, you know, this is the moment for me where I'm like, all right, at least there's something going on in relation to the comics and that, that whole thing. Well, I know that Zod is a part of it. Uh, and I know that uh, uh, Superman is apparently uh, very interested in what goes on with the stock market in this game only when the chinese get involved yeah oh so it's very much related to 2020 <laughs> it's like if if it's just normal wall street people fixing the stock market he, you know he's like those are the market makers it's fine like yeah. i'm i'm fine with this once chinese gangs get involved he's like i will not stand for this corruption in america so he teams up with the sec i'm sorry no the, the fbi is in this game Yes, the FBI is in this game, uh, but I think they're only for... Are they for the stock market side? I remember them at Zod's uh, chapter, but I don't know if they show up in the stock it's market one. It's all blur to me. <laughs> Great. 
you know, you also have to deal with Lex Luthor, though, too. He's he's causing problems, too, and he looks deformed in this game. Lex <laughs> they all Luther. do. He, yeah. I know, but, like, Lex Luthor looks really bad. He looks like Boss Baby. Boss Baby. He does. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. He's the one chilling and, in the park, right? No. no. Is he? Who's chilling I don't park? remember him from the park. I, the, I actually... Think, I'm thinking about the boss fight where he, King like, Pin. brought a... Okay, that's not Kingpin. Mm. That's that's a Spider-Man Daredevil. Oh, this, this was not in a uh, in a boss fight. This was okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of the one where Lex Luthor brings like his bodyguard to the boss fight and mm. shoots. He has the bodyguard shoot at you for him, and it's like it doesn't matter anyway, right? Like, isn't Superman's chest made of like rubber? You would think so this way he just bounces the bullets. I don't know. Then I needed to bring this up. In one of the chapters, the boss fight is with. Jay Falk, a corrupt politician with ties to organized crime, must be the stock market chapter. Here's why that's bizarre to me. Jay Falk only appeared in one issue of Superman ever. The Adventures of Superman, Volume 1, Issue 428, in May of 1987. So that means that, like, they were making this game... And they were like, we need a new villain. Like, who's going to be our guy? You know, like, we, we're, it's 1988. The game's coming out. Well, oh, well, it, you know, they just announced this new guy, Jay Falk. And they were like, oh, let's put him in. He'll be a great villain. He's just a politician. I mean, that like, is interesting, though, that, like, they're actually using some pretty deep cuts. Like, that's the deepest cut I've ever s- seen in somebody, a video. Yeah, somebody is actually reading the comics. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, they didn't do a very good job, but at least or, they put the research in. Or they are going into a comic book store, seeing what the most recent villain is, seeing, or like the first one that they see, and it happens to be this one because it's the newest issue. No. Yeah. All right, sure, this guy. That's entirely possible as well. So if you get all the way to Zod at the end, I think you have to do like a boss rush with him and two other people from Krypton, uh, Krypton and... Afterwards, you get like this cute little cutscene ending where the three of them are like launched into space, and then like a different parallel universe like opens up, and they get stuck in there, and then it closes, so they'll never be able to come back to this one. Makes you wonder why didn't Superman do that in the most recent Superman movie instead of snapping his neck? You know that was strange, right? Like just send him to another universe. You don't have to snap his neck, Zack Snyder. Um, but that happened. And that's the end of the game, and it's also the same way that the beginning of the game is. It's the Statue of Freedom talking to you in the beginning of the game saying, go save Metropolis. And in the ending, it's like, you saved Metropolis. Very good, Superman. It's like very strange. There was a certain number of characters that can fit in the Statue of Freedom's text box, but it always gets like the important like last word of a sentence cut off to the very next text box. It's just an annoying thing. Like, it shouldn't have been done that way. They should have just figured out a way to make that last word of each sentence fit because it happens so often. It's like, congratulations, you have done it. And then you hit a Superman, period. It's like, no, like just get that in there. Like, Well, my, my fan theory about this iteration of Superman, because I think this exists in its own Superman-like side universe, um, mm. is that uh, this Superman... The Statue of Liberty is actually uh, Superman's mom, uh, because she just has a very like maternal nature. Uh, like talks about how she's very supportive of him. Um, that's really it. 
but like whenever I spoke to the statue of freedom, uh, I, I got like a mom vibe. And in a way, I guess like that would be his new mom, like America and freedom and everything like that. And his yeah. dad in some ways is this. Yeah, he had a mom and then he had another mom yeah. and now he's getting a third mom. That's like this is the real mom. Save some yeah. moms for the rest of us, Superman. <laughs> I think that's crazy. Technically, you Mars know, needs like, moms. <laughs> wow. Deep cuts there. <laughs> the two. OK. Uh, I'm being told by our audio producer that they didn't get sent to a parallel universe. They got sent to the Phantom Zone. I'm pretty sure that's true. I remember. Just another word for the Shadow Realm? or Yeah, it's like where, you know, when Yugi uh, from Yu-Gi-Oh, when he finishes a fight against Kaiba, (laughs) any any of the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards that died in battle go to the Shadow, the Phantom Zone with... (laughs) With Zod. The Statue of Liberty. Yeah, the Statue of Freedom. His mom. Yugi's mom. We never find out about Yugi's mom. We never find out about his dad, though, either. That was his grandfather. Yeah. uh, Who (laughs) got, like, trapped in a card after giving Yugi his exodia card. I thought it was a videotape. Oh, it was a a card, yeah, from a videotape. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, Anything else you guys want to talk about for this game? Not Yu-Gi-Oh! Seems um, like you were ready to say something until I said not Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you may very well be right, uh, but no, there's there's really nothing. All right, well, then I just want to, real fast, get into the sequels and spinoff section here because this is not the first Superman game. It's early, 1988, right? But no, that honor goes to Superman on the Atari 2600 back in 1979. Whoa. That's a long time ago. Uh, what a bizarre game that is, though. Like, look up some uh, some footage of... Uh, Superman twenty Atari twenty six hundred. You won't believe how lucky you are to have this game on the NES when you look back at that game. And I've linked all these games in the show notes. So if you guys want to just check out the notes, you can click on videos that take you to YouTube to watch how these games play out. Is, I do is that this all the one time. Also, Chibi. No, it's not Chibi. It actually has a, a muscular Superman, but oh, as muscular as you can make. Now nah, think about how you could make an Atari twenty six hundred game. Uh, <laughs> We're talking about some squares, you know? Big that's, that's, squares. Yeah, big squares. Uh, Superman the Game for Computers came out in 1985, so that's three years before this game. And it doesn't look much better, but it also doesn't look worse. So that's important, and if you want to play early Superman games, maybe consider that as an option. Another game called Superman came out in 1988 as well, 
but it was for the arcades only. And that looks like the real deal. Like, that looks like a really good-looking Superman who flies around and beat up, you know, random enemies before taking on big bosses. Like, that looks like the game I want. And I know why we can't get it on the NES, but I would hope that we could someday get a port of that arcade game to the NES, like, with less graphics or whatever, because that's the Superman game I'm looking for. All right, you got me excited. Yeah, sorry, but it, like... To play that. Yeah, just if you find a Superman arcade, first off, I think that's pretty rare. I've never seen one of those before, but um, if you find one, play it. You know, we could do all of the releases for Superman, but I think I think that would just take a long time, so instead, I'm just going to skip right ahead. Superman 64 needs to be mentioned. Uh, it's considered one of the worst games of all time. Is that really I, a sequel, though? Like, no, 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 none of these are sequels, but this is section's called sequels and spinoffs, so sure, sure. technically... What do we sequels, spinoffs, and legacy? Is that what you want it to be called? I mean, that would be that that, that would be more accurate, I guess. There's no alliteration, and that's so why I reject it. Anyway, Superman sixty four. We have to mention that game; it's considered one of the worst. I don't know if it's actually really even that bad. Uh, I played the game. Yeah, it's really not good, but I can't imagine like if I had my choice between Superman sixty four for the rest of my days or this. Can't say for certain. I'd know which one I'm going to pick ahead of time. And it's also not called Superman 64. It's actually called The New Adventures of Superman. A lot of, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people just call it Superman 64. It never says that huh. anywhere. Uh, that's, that's, that's peculiar. Would you believe me if I said that the last Superman game, like, ever, was released in 2006? We haven't had a Superman game where it's Superman, you know? Like, we've had him in other games, like yeah. Lego games or in Injustice and stuff like that. But the last Superman game was in 2006 for the movie Superman Returns. Hmm. I had no idea. I didn't. I can't even like visualize the game though. So I I do believe you because I don't. I think it's got to be like a Spider-Man yeah. Two style thing, you know, where you just have like the whole city of Metropolis to explore, but nothing really happens, and all the fights are terrible. Sounds sounds cool. Which leads me to my final question: not a sequel and spinoff thing, but how do you make a Superman game? I think, like, the most common idea that I see is just make him super powerful, like he is, like, totally acknowledge that the guy is invincible, and instead, the game is dependent on, like, the health of the city, you know? So, like, Superman constantly has to make sure that, like, crime is low, no one's dying, Lex Luthor's not getting away with his plans. The other villains aren't getting away with their plans. If a, if someone from Krypton shows up, he can take them down. Like, I think that's a pretty neat idea. I'm open to other ideas, though. I can see it as a kind of shmup, you know, where you, I'm ha- listening. you, have, my you have all these powers and you have to use certain powers to clear certain obstacles. Otherwise, you can't get through. And so it's like a strategic shmup. That's my, that's okay. my thing. I could see that. I mean, you know what? That's different because I bet that's never been done yet. A Superman shmup. And I wouldn't mind it. All right. So I guess uh, I've got a little more um, of a goofball answer. But I so I haven't played this game, but I've heard a lot of a lot of things about it. The, the game Catherine, um, where it's sort of like a dating sim, but also like a puzzle game. Uh, from what I gather, no, you're right. I, I played a little bit of it. Okay, so the dating sim is Lois Lane, just trying to trying to get Lois, and then like the 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 puzzle elements are like you know 
you being a super powered person. Uh, and like, because in that game, like failure by getting beat up by random dudes, isn't really a thing. It kind of makes more sense that it would just be more of like a mind thing. So it would be more like Catherine. Wow. I love that answer. <laughs> I got another one. I think Go that, for it. now that I think about it, I think that Superman could be good in VR. I feel like that would be a fun kind of VR game. You know, flying around, you have your, your laser blast, so you're moving your head to aim. Um, I, I, don't I know. like that. No, I, I, would I see that. Cool. I see that because that could be like a short thing, mm-hmm. you know, where it's more like just or experience. like a playground toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Experience being Superman. Yeah, you're like God complex kind of the game. I mean, I would just use it to like laser beam eye like a skyscraper in half and be evil us evil superman totally yeah well we have to decide if the game is good or bad uh not good or evil the no game has ever been voted evil on the essential games list but we do vote if they're good or bad essential or not and we're gonna do that right now on the essential games list so remember the game can't be evil uh, just because I said that we don't vote it that way earlier doesn't mean like, oh, now I'm going to vote this one to be evil. You can't do that. It's either yes or no. It's an essential game or not. Sam, I'd love for you to start us off. This game is evil. Now, see, there you go. You did the thing no, that I, I told okay. you not to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this this game is all sorts of weird jank. It's just a weird kind of why is this the way it is the game. and it. I don't know. It, it's not a great game. There's a lot in there, but it just is all kind of connected in these weird ways that don't really make sense, and it doesn't feel good to play. So I'm going to say, wait for it, not essential. Enough said there, Sam. Enough said. Sean? Yeah, one one thing I didn't get to mention uh, when we were actually talking about the game uh, was also... Aside from its weird visual style, is that this is also just a terrible looking game. Like it, it almost I'm not gonna call it Popeye, nothing's Popeye, but it's from that era. And I, I know that that's only a part of what makes a game a game, but especially in this era, it it's it's a pretty big deal. Um that being said, uh it's multitude of design faults and goofball decisions on how you're going to be a superhero, a very, very vulnerable superhero, uh, it just doesn't work. Like, I, I, I don't enjoy playing as Chibi super, Superman. So that being said, this is, a, un, this is an unessential game. Inessential for show. Okay. I love it. Inessential, unessential, doesn't matter. It's not getting on the games list now because two people have voted it off. I will just add that the game is definitely not essential. It has a lot in it, and it's it could be a long game. Uh, for for even for speedrunners, it seems like it's a pretty long game. But the game is missing one thing. It has a lot of everything else. It's missing the power of being Superman. It actually like forgot that the whole thing about Superman is how incredible and awesome he is. And also how much fun it would be to be him. That This game has none of that. This actually feels like you're playing 
going back to the Catherine thing there for a second, John, it feels like you're playing Superman's nightmare the entire time. Like, you can't really, <laughs> he's small, he's scrawny, he has, like, an energy bar for everything, so he has to, like, conserve his power. He punches, and the punches don't really, like, ex- like he's punching the air. He and loses that's, like, his maybe powers doing if something. he gets beat up too much also. Yeah, it's bizarre. So, you know, we've used the this is not the game, this is the game's nightmare analogy before <laughs> for things. But I think it also fits here, so we'll see it again for sure. When I say that uh, Sesame Street 123 isn't Sesame Street 123, it's Sesame Street 123's nightmare, you'll know what I mean after we talk about it for 50 minutes. And we've been talking Can't about this game for, for like 50 minutes. So I think it's time that we stop talking about this game, start thinking about good games. Got a game next week called Xenophobe. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like the name of that game, but um, I doubt it has anything to do with, um, you know, what what, what a dictionary might imply there. So uh, I'm sure it's just going to be a game. Maybe it's about... Scary um, aliens from outer space. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's about being xenophobic towards those aliens. Maybe it's about confronting your biases. Anyway, (laughs) any way you slice it, it's going to be better than what it sounds like because... It's a brand new year of nostalgia, baby. We're in 2021 now, and we're going to be in 2021 for another 51 weeks. So if you want 51 more great episodes to come up, and you're like, well, Xenophobe's just not cutting it, don't worry. We have games like Zelda 2, Mega Man 2, Super Mario Bros. 2. Nope, that, that was last year. Go back and listen to that one. But there will be other twos, I'm sure of it. This is going 1989 when we're we're almost there, when that happens, I'm sure it'll be the land of sequels for NES games because that'll just be enough time that all of these like games that have been deemed hits for the NES, I imagine that now it'll be like, oh cool, we've had enough time to like make those sequels. So look out for those. Look out for nostalgia. Look out for us on Twitter at nostalgiacast, and look out for me. Uh, if you run into me on the street, look out for me. Like just watch out. My name is Michael Esposito. Uh, I'm at Esposito on Twitter. Do not run into him. And do not run into me. I will run into you. Goodbye.